Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of NXT Then Now Forever. I'm James Boyd, and I'm here with this week's co-host, a new contributor to SocialSuplex.com, Danny Kukler. What's going on, man? I'm doing really well. We recorded Get in the Ring earlier, which will be debuting on the Social Suplex on Friday. And now I'm recording with you, James. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've kind of had a rough go of it te- technical difficulty-wise. That's kind of why it took so long to get on this, sh- this call. But, um, you know, we're past that now, so now we can do the show. So let's just go ahead and get into it and start with uh, five years ago's NXT. Tyson, Tyson, first of all... I want to say that I've been watching you for a long time and I respect you. However, if you think you're going to use NXT as a springboard to future your career at my expense, well, you've got another thing coming. You see, NXT, we are the future, which means I am the future. And this is my ring. So at TakeOver Tyson, May 29th, I think the only member of your family taking home the gold, as per usual, will be your wife. Man, this was a real throwback. (laughs) Yeah, definitely was. Um... Yeah, so that's WWE NXT number 222 from May 22nd, 2014. The show starts up with a, with, uh, with a video to hype up the Biggie Langston versus Bo Dallas match, a Neville match later in the show, and Paige versus Tamina in a rematch from Extreme Rules. Um, oh, I, God. <laughs> I pity the poor soul that decided to go back and rewatch that match um, from, from Extreme Rules. I, I seriously doubt it's as good as the one that actually was on NXT. Oh. So, uh, yeah, the show starts with Biggie Langston versus Bo Dallas in a title shot or leave NXT match. Uh, those are two options for uh, Bo Dallas. He has no choice. Either he gets another title shot by beating Biggie or he's out of here forever. Um, out comes Bo Dallas first. He gets on the mic and says that NXT was built on Bo leaving and that he humbly accepts the title of Mr. NXT. He says he promises that he will never leave NXT and don't stop Bo leaving. This was when Bo was the inspirational speaker. Yeah. And he, and he was just it's so annoying with the Bo leave! <laughs> yeah, so then... I'm sorry, out comes Big E, and Renee on commentary says, here comes the strength 
when she was really trying to say to scrimp, uh, good luck with that. Um, maybe you shouldn't try to do stuff you don't know. Stay in pocket. Uh, so the crowd is all chanting um, for five and putting up their fives in similar fashion. Ty Dillinger's 10, so Ty Dillinger is not the creator of numbers. So... <laughs> Um, Big E kicks Bo Dallas' ass in and out of the ring multiple times until they finally get back out of the ring. Bo cuts him off with a shot block to the knee. Bo takes over by crashing Big E's head into still steps and then rolls him back to the ring. Bo slaps on a red rest hold and then we go to commercial break for, you know, commercials on the WWE Network, which is already paid for. Go figure. We get a commercial break for the first ever officially named NXT TakeOver Special, which is funny because now we're coming up on NXT 25. We come back with Bo regaining control with a waist tackle. Bo nails Big E with uh, some wrist control back elbows, and then finally a rainmaker for a two count. Bo tries to whip Big E into the corner, but Big E reverses and sends Bo into the opposite corner. Big E mounts a comeback and finishes it with a belly to belly suplex. Ending. Sorry? And a big ending. Oh, oh no, sorry. the big ending's not yet. That's that was We're still a ways to go. Uh, belly to belly suplex. Yeah, goes for the belly suplex, and then he gets Bo up for the sh- on his shoulders for the beginning. But Bo escapes and then hits a scorpion death drop. Bo goes for the bulldog, and after coming off the ropes, Biggie throws him off, and then he hits a uh, overhead belly to belly suplex for a two count. Biggie goes for his uh, rope to rope running jumping splash deal that he always does, but Bo gets the knees up, and then Bo hits a double underhook DDT for a near fall. Bo. Takes the uh, takes his wrist tape off and throws him into one corner, and then it distracts the stupid ref, and then he goes to the opposite corner and exposes the top turnbuckle, and then from the middle of the ring, Big E tosses Bo in the air all the way to the exposed turnbuckle, and then finally hits the big ending for the win. Renee, after the match, says that the human side of her feels for Bo. What now? Correct me if I'm wrong. What the fuck is the other side of human? Like, is it the symbiote? Like, it's supposed to be like venom and it's supposed to start fighting <laughs> I crime? What? I do not know. It's just stupid WWE vernacular. I don't even know if that's WWE vernacular. That's just her, like, just saying something. And, like, I I remember Renee being... I remember the times I watched NXT before I started doing the show. And I remember Renee being better. And she is better than she is on the main roster during this run I've been watching NXT. But I remember her being, like, good. And I think the, the, her real problem is, when I would watch her NXT at the time, she was doing play-by-play, not color. I think, ultimately, she's being miscast by doing color. She should be doing play-by-play. They should get especially Michael Cole the fuck up out of the seat. Sorry? Especially since she's never been in the ring. You uh, know, she couldn't do color if she... Hasn't been in the ring doing stuff. I mean, maybe, but I think if it, it depends, because with a three-man team or three-person team, sorry, you can have somebody be the person to do the, you know, the the in-ring analysis. And you can have somebody also do the the you know the emotion, the storytelling side, but they don't do that. They're more or less trying to be a fucking you know news debate show where like they argue one topic of debate during a match because who's supposed to give a fuck about matches and then they flip-flop between every match between feeling a a heel and face dynamic they don't they don't keep consistency on you know how they feel between people's actions on the show where 
you know, it's kind of like the JBL syndrome. Like, this is the first time I remember, like, it really happened. It was JBL, where JBL was the Hill play-by-play person after the brand split, the second brand split. And then he would go on and on and on and shit on, you know, hills that he didn't like, even though he's the Hill announcer. And then, like, is Randy Ornord's John Cena, he'll just kiss their ass because those are, you know, the top guys. So it's like, if you stay consistent, it's easier to follow and you can kind of you know, get it as opposed to we're in this era where Graves is just like Graves and Saxon, Graves and Renee, and they're just like depending on depending on the segment, they completely flip flop on each other. Yeah, and Michael calls the Molly Quarum. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but but sounds good. Okay. <laughs> if you watch first take with Stephen I and Max Kellerman, Molly Quarum is the like impartial third Oh, okay. So she's like the new Carrie champion. Yes. Okay. So um, after the match, Bo Dallas is in the middle of the ring and he's crying as a crowd. The full crowd is chanting, nah, 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 nah. Hey, 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 goodbye. It, it's just beautiful. So we go to commercial break. It's a commercial for WrestleMania 30s, Blu-ray and DVDs. And then we are showing a replay of from the commercial break where Bo is kicking the ring and and kicking the ring steps and he falls on the ground. He has a meltdown slash temper tantrum, hishy fit deal. And then a crowd chants, Bo leave, Bo leave as the fans are motioning towards the arena exit. So that was phenomenal. Like phenomenal television right there. Just Bo like, like kicking and screaming and like, (laughs) and then the crowd's like, Bo leave, Bo leave. Yeah. There's also a. I didn't write in my notes, but there's also he got on the mic at the end and he says, you know, from the bottom of my heart, everybody, I hate all of you or I dislike all of you. And he goes, you know what? You guys all stink. And then the crowd starts laughing and they realize like this whole thing is like the whole point. His whole heat was the fact that he was lame and like he was actually a comedy guy and. You know, you actually saw some comedy Adam that's supposed to be in, like, you know, bad comedy guy to get heat, which is, like, kind of the Iconics role. We're like, you ever see the Iconics backstage? Like, they're actually kind of funny and have charisma as opposed to, like, being what they are on screen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, 19 minutes into the show, we're finally shown the announced team of Alex Riley, Rich Brennan, and Renee Young, because I hadn't, for like the first third of the show, I had no idea who was on the show doing commentary, except for Renee. So, Alex Riley was horrendous. Was he? I, just, I mean, I couldn't tell who was who, like, honestly. No. It, it's just like Alex Riley's <laughs> voice was, like, so grinding back in the day. Huh. I don't know, like, he was really bad, and we'll get to it. He was really bad during this Adam Rose and Camacho match, but outside of that, I thought he was just typical WWE mindless person on commentary. So from there, we end up going to a backstage interview with Tyson Kidd after he won the three-way in last week's uh, show. He says that he's one step closer to um, the NXT title, and he will obtain his destiny. That sounds... Wow. That sounds... A human wrote that... So, Arguman said that. So, uh, we get a backstage interview with Sami Zayn. He says last week's loss isn't going to stop him from chasing after the NXT title. And then Tyler Breeze interrupts. He says, boo hoo, we get it, Sami. You lost. 
and now you're crying to Devin, uh, the interviewer. So then Sammy says, if anyone should be crying, it should be Breeze after he got pinned in the match. Breeze admits that he got pinned, but not by Sammy. So then Sammy challenges him to a match tonight, and then Breeze accepts the challenge, but says, not tonight. He's too busy, and that he'll see Sammy at TakeOver. And that's how they had up the great Sammy Zayn Tyler Breeze match at NXT TakeOver. That match was great. I don't really remember the match. What I really remember is the four-way. So I'm, you know, going to build this show. I'm thinking like, okay, so how are they going to screw this? Or, you know, what's the angle to make it to a four-way? And apparently there isn't. Like, that's the next show or the next takeover right. after this. And like my, my memory was just wrong on that. So um, then from there, we get Paige versus Tamina. Um, they exchange some strikes until Paige lands a headbutt. Tamina no sells it because she's Samoan and American professional wrestling psychology is always shamefully traded in racist stereotyping. <sighs> so anyway, Tamina clotheslines Paige through the ropes and she falls on the apron. Tamina body slams Paige three times for a two count. Tamina elbows Paige in the back and then slaps on a bear hug uh, to work over that weakened back. Paige quickly fights out. Tamina hits a clothesline for a two count. Tamina hits more elbows to to Paige's back and then puts Paige into the Lex Luger torture rag. Tamina gets tired and then Paige drops some elbows to escape. Paige wastes Russell's Tamina into the corner and she lands her signature city looking back elbows. Paige mounts a comeback with two Rainmakers. She goes for a third, but Tamina ducks under and hits the ropes. But Paige catches her in the ropes with a V-trigger and then hits the final third Rainmaker. And just for the record, this was 31 months before the first Okada Omega match. So. <laughs> yeah, this actually happened. Yes. It's like, wait, where did this come from? So uh, Tamina fires up and sits Paige on on the top rope and then just shoves her off, like just shove her off a cliff. She ends up crashing and falling onto the apron before melting off onto down to the floor. The ref checks on Paige and begins to count. The ref gets her count all the way up to five until Tamina goes out and rolls her back in the ring and then goes for the top row splash. But Paige gets her boots up and then gets a small package for the win. God, Tamina cannot hit a splash for her life. Um, no, she cannot. But at least in this situation, um, she got the boots up instead of the knees. So they're like, she, because uh, she did the knees and like, ugh, it would have been bad. But, you know, I think this may have been the best match I've ever, singles match I've ever seen Tamina in. I don't know. Yeah, and she wasn't as offensively bad as she normally was. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, it was like, it was like the wow. Rainmaker spot, you think it, Paige was watching her Okada tapes from 2013? I mean, possibly. I believe she, um, I believe she worked Japan. Oh. I believe she, I mean, uh, I believe so. Like, I mean, you mean, she's the person that was like, Going to you know all different parts of Europe and everywhere else when she was like fourteen, so yeah, like yeah. that's the reason why like you know her career ended so early and it's like it's not you know she had a bunch of matches on her or filled up her bump card a lot before she ever got to NXT, right? Yeah, so we end up getting a WWE don't try to sit home commercial. Of then course I- we do. They don't even show those anymore. It's like you know what? That's a good point. I never thought about that. They don't show those anymore. That's weird. They should definitely be doing that now because people are doing like flips and, you know, and, and dives in every single match before they go to commercial. Like, try this at home, people. I think everybody knows it's fake by now, so it's like... 
I mean, that's, okay. But everyone's known as fake since what the or you know like who knows when everyone knew it was fake. But the point still stands. Like they do more dangerous stuff now than they ever did when like people were getting killed because you know a teenager hit another teenager with a rock bottom. You know, right? So right. they should definitely be, still be doing it. They're doing Spanish flies, and Michael Cole is saying, "What is wrong with these guys?" Exactly. That's exactly my point. Yeah. So. Come back to the show. Uh, out comes Camacho. Renee says she has she has eyes on Camacho's muscles. Um, uh. <laughs> so then we get um, Adam Cole. Adam Cole. My God, Adam Rose versus Camacho. That'd be a much different match. <laughs> Adam Cole <laughs> versus Tango Lawler would be a much different match than this. Yes. Shit yes. Storm. Yeah. So Camacho pounds on Adam Rose into the corner with in ropes with punches and kicks. And did Camacho become a better wrestler a by better. leaving that company? A lot better. And then after some shenanigans, Rose lands some strikes on top of Camacho's head from the second rope. Camacho gets Rose into a fireman's carry position and lands some more drop. And Riley Vince says, quote, Camacho from the barrio, unquote, because Camacho is Mexican, even though Tangaloa is really Tongan. On commentary, <laughs> Renee... On commentary, Renee asks uh, Riley what he knows about the barrio, and Riley says he knows nothing about the barrio. He grew up in Fairfax, Virginia, but he does know it's a rough part of Mexico that Camacho's from. Again, folks, Tangaloa is a Pacific Islander. The island of Tonga is closer to Antarctica than motherfucking Mexico. They'd be better off trying to convince me that this man was a penguin. Like, I don't... Whatever. Whatever. Um, so, Camacho has a butterfly suplex. Rose rips off Camacho's wife beater. Um, Camacho runs Rose's head into the turnbuckle over and over. Rose hulks up more and more with each blow. He ends up mounting a comeback with punches, chops, and a spine buster. Rose hits his Bronco buster, and he goes for his finish. I believe um, Josh Josh Smith from Keeping It Strong Style was on the show a couple weeks ago. I think he identified it as a snapmare driver. But Camacho escapes, and then he takes a powder outside and elects to take the count out loss. And this would set up the Adam Rose Camacho takeover match. Can't wait. <laughs> no, I watched that match earlier. Like the control period by Camacho is the most boring, dry, dull shit that you could ever freaking watch. So we get a commercial for WWE Legends House, and then we get another commercial for the first ever Takeover Special. Um, next matchup is Natalia. Legends House was a hell of a show, by the way. Sorry. Legends House was a hell of a show, by the way. I'll take your word for it. I don't really believe you, but I'll take your word for I'm it. Being <laughs> so um, I did make the mistake of watching that. And it was bad. Ah, see, there you go. I'm gonna say like, until you came around and said this show was not good, I was like, I, I, I question your style, my friend. I question your taste. But okay, it's just a joke. Okay, so, <laughs> um, we get a so we end up getting Natalia versus Sasha Banks for the NXT Women's Championship Tournament semifinals. Charlotte accompanies Sasha to the ring for the match, and we get a backstage interview from earlier where Sasha says she's torn between wanting Sasha to beat a has-been like Natalia and facing Sasha in the final because she doesn't want to expose her best friend's weaknesses to the world. 
<laughs> so uh, Sasha and Char- Sasha and Charlotte, Sasha and Natalia, they start with some rope running spots. Natty goes for a quick pan attempt. Sasha gets Natty into the corner. And Sasha gets Natty laying over the middle ropes over in the corner and gets her double knee spot that she always does. Um, Sasha stomps on Natty's back and then slaps on a sh- some straight jacket choke with her knees up into Natty's back. Natty fights up to her feet and then backs Sasha into the corner. She ends up snap marrying uh, Sasha out of the corner and then Sasha charges. Natty hits a butterfly suplex. Sasha then suckers Natty and then shoves her into the opposite corner and then lands a running bulldog. Sasha rolls out the ring with an apparent hamstring injury and the ref starts counting and then Charlotte yells at her to get back in the ring and then throws her back into the ring. So Sasha and Charlotte start arguing by the ropes. So Sasha turns around to lift Natty up for her uh, to her feet and then Natty double legs her and <laughs> slaps on the sharpshooter submission victory for the win. Um, Natalia then fa- will now face Charlotte at, um, at the next takeover for the uh, vacant NXT Women's Championship. So then we get Adrian Neville versus Kurt Hawkins. Kurt Hawkins comes out looking like if Mr. Matt robbed AJ Styles for his ring gear. <laughs> yes. that, is, that is perfect. That is so perfect. Face the facts, Kurt Hawkins. Oh my God. I forgot about the air of Kurt Hawkins. Oh remember, remember Joe Anthony would go on Voices of Wrestling every week and say, Face the facts! Oh my god. Like he you watch this and you're like, why did they ever let him come back? <laughs> they fired him, brought him back, and he's still here. And it's like, for what? Why you did he bring his dude back? match with AJ Styles at Bola, and they still brought him back. Ugh. Imagine that. Wait, Kurt Hawkins, Kurt Hawkins did PWG? Yeah, he, he had a match with AJ Styles at the Battle of Los Angeles. It was so bad. That they never brought him back when he was released. Wow. All righty then. Well, I mean, I never thought that Kurt Hawkins was necessarily bad. I just thought that he was a jobber. But uh, but whatever. Okay, so this is a short match. Uh, Hawkins gets control at the start and hits a vertical suplex until Neville cuts him off with his running basement kicks. And then uh, uh, a shotgun missile drop kick. That, and then he hits the red arrow for the win. After the match, Tyson Kidd comes out and comes down to the ring. He says he didn't come to the ring to cause any problems. He just wanted to let Neville know that at TakeOver, the NXT title will be his. So Neville says to Tyson that if he thinks he's going to use him or NXT as a springboard to further his career, he's got another thing coming. Then Neville says, NXT, we are the future, which means he is the future and that this is his ring. And then Neville... (laughs) Neville with the kill shot says at TakeOver, the only member of Tyson's family that will be taking home any gold per usual would be Tyson's wife. They go face to face and then Tyson leaves the ring and they yell at each other as he heads up the ramp and we fade to black. Good show. Very compact. You know. But not as good as this week's edition of it. Yeah, that tends to be the case. It's almost as if like you know, bringing in dead ringers helps the show. <laughs> yeah, but um, you'll be moving on to this week's NXT. Do you not understand how math works, Adam Cole? You definitely didn't shock the school system, that's for darn sure. 
Math is hard though, math is hard. So I'm going to explain it to you very, very, very slowly, okay? In a two out of three falls match, you need to win two falls. You only won one fall. We get that, dummy. I won two falls. That makes me the NXT champion, okay? Do you understand, buddy? Shut up, Johnny! We're back, and we're going to be reviewing NXT 507 from yesterday, May 22nd, 2019. I'm going to hand that over to Danny. Hello. Um, we have first William Regal announcing in a little like pre-tape that um, the Street Profits, the Forgotten Son, Lorcan and Birch, and Fish and O'Reilly will compete at TakeOver in a ladder match for the vacated NXT tag team titles. Then the Undisputed Era kick off the show this week, arriving as a unified force. Cole says they're not going anywhere and they're stronger than ever. They own the NXT and the entire roster, and they will take what they want. At TakeOver, they will win the NXT tag titles and the NXT title. And Johnny Gargano now arrives with, and Mr. Wrestling has an issue with his proclamation. He accepts the match, and but says Cole can't beat him on his own. Cole said he beat him in NYC on the first fall on his own, and then he did a shocking math system where it was like, where it was like, you have to win two out of three falls to win a two out of three falls match. Um, then that pisses Cole off, and then he, but notes that. Notes it eats at Gargano that he pinned him. Riddle arrives and attacks Undisputed Era, and Gargano joins in. Clear the ring, and Sam told this sets up Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish versus Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano for later tonight. All right, so Mansoor versus Sean Maluda. Um, they lock up work into counters. Maluda's grounding action with. Mansur counters out and, and then follows with a Rana and a drop kick. Mahuda fires back with some kicks and a Samoan drop. The running boot connects and Mahuda flies in for the code breaker for a two. He grounds things and then Mansur fires back with strikes and, with, and a German. And he follows it with a slingshot neck breaker, which looked real nice. And he hits an inverted suplex for the win. So it's the. I think this is the first time I've heard of Maluda in WWE since, like, the Cruiserweight Classic. Yeah. Yeah, so... Then we have the Undisputed Era arguing with Riddle and Strong. He makes Riddle versus Strong for TakeOver, and then he announces the tag main event tag match. Then Velveteen Dream is here for his experience. And the people want to feel him, touch him, and hold him, but you can't. Look, everyone. It's Tyler! Tyler Breeze. Um, making his official NXT return. They exchange words. Um, they do, like, a selfie thing. And then 
Dream Walvers to let him take a selfie. Breeze accepts, then Breeze attacks, then. So that's up a North American title match for Velveteen Dream and Tyler Breeze. Putting the one and one to 2014 NXT to 2019 NXT. Oh, God. Tom is a flat circle. He's back. <laughs> I think the last time he was back, he yeah. had that great match with Ricochet that he, uh, that, you know, but he's back again. Yes, he's back again. He cannot put the dope down. No, he can't. Candice LeRae versus Reyna Gonzalez. Gonzalez overpowers to begin bullying Candice and hitting a slam for a two. Candice, Candice fires back. As Gonzalez tries to ground her, attacks the arm and then dumps her to the floor. Gonzalez hits, catches the high cross, but Candace sends her to the steps, back in the ring, and Candace hits Arana and follows her strike. The missile traffic follows, and then the wine salt finishes. It frees in Dream is official for NXT TakeOver, but first, uh, post-match, Miranda Shapir, Desmond Duke, and... Shayna Baszler all attack Candice LeRae. and her kendo stick makes a save. Beats the crap out of Shayna and her pals to stand tall. I love you so much. Yeah, she's only maybe the best woman. So next the week we have Kushida. We have Kushida versus Drew Gulak and Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair for the Go Home Show. Hmm. And we have Kyle Riley, Bobby Fitch versus Matt Riddle and Johnny Gargano. This really comes down to the end. This was a pretty good, fun main event here. O'Reilly and Riddle trade Germans. Um, they isolate fish with double team in between Gargano and Ricochet. Riddle hits a floating blow for a two count. O'Reilly makes a save. Gargano hits a long knee strike combo, which looked fantastic. Then Riddle in control until Cole arrives. Gargano hits him with a suicide dive. And then Roddy attacks Riddle from behind, slams him off the apron, total elimination finishes off Riddle. This was a very good, fun main event. As Kyle Riley, Bobby Fish to beat Matt Riddle and Johnny Cargano. So, what's on tap for... Sorry? So, what's on tap for next week? Yep, that's what I was going to ask. Kushida versus Drew Gulak and Mia Yim versus Bianca Belair. That's right. Okay. So yeah, man. Um, that's about the end of the show. It sounds like a good show. I I appreciate you, you know, um, coming on here and hopping on here with the notes to, to get it done because, you know, real life, you know, real life is saying the the promos like real life intervened with our fake wrestling match. So now uh, there is no Tommaso Ciampa versus Johnny Gargano at at um, NXT in New York. But uh, yeah, real life intervened. So I didn't have a chance to actually watch this week's episode of NXT. So I'm glad you were with me or you were here on the show with me to uh, pick up the slack for me. Yeah. And I'm going to get around to checking this match, just show out uh, as soon as I get off this and start editing this thing. So I appreciate it. So uh, do you want to get in your plugs? Yes. So get in the ring debuts on the social suplex podcast network on tomorrow. Um, point during the day. And then you can follow me on Twitter at DJ D Cooks wrestle. And you can follow the uh, hit the like on Facebook. Uh, the username is GITR Social Suplex. 
Um, so it's getting the ring on the social suplex. So yeah, that's my plugs. What are your plugs? <laughs> Oh, here are my plugs right here. Um, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Um, tell the folks about the Soul Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our friends at Powerslam.tv, the sponsor for this show. If you're a fan of independent pro wrestling, they have over 5,000 hours of footage from all over the world. You can use the code Social Suplex to get your free month's trial. Don't forget to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. Be sure to check out our other shows. Um, on Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keep It His Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grown Men Wash His Shit. On Thursdays, we have this show, NXT Then Now Forever. On Fridays, we now have Danny's new show. You want to tell the people to get what the name of the show is? Get in the Ring. Get in the Ring. And then on uh, Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Uh, Thanks for listening, guys. Later. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.